Well, what's going on, IE Church? I'm glad uh, to be with you guys. Miranda and I get to preach with, uh, to you guys this morning. And uh, it is an honor to be on your screen, whether it's in the living room, TV room, bedroom. I don't know what room we are in right now, but it is, a, it is awesome to be worshiping with you guys this morning. And uh, for uh, those who are joining us for the first time, this is the third week of our series, Kingdom Come. And the series is meant to help us understand that God's kingdom is here on earth right now. It is the church and it is us. And, and uh, realizing what does that actually mean? How does that impact our own personal lives? And the title of this sermon today is Kingdom Beginnings. Now as I was thinking of this idea of kingdom beginnings, and I was thinking of origin stories. And, um, and from the beginning of time, mankind has always wondered where we came from, how we came to be. And, and the question, uh, that question spans from ancient civilization all the way to modern world. And we go to science, we go to religion to find that answer of how we started, of the origin story of mankind. Even for some of us, maybe that don't know their parents or, or, know, or don't know a parent, there's always this hole of try and figure out that side, try and figure out who are we? And so you have all these DNA tests of Ancestry.com, 23andMe, just to find out where and, and how did our, we come from and where our ancestors came from. And I ask myself, why is there such an obsession about the origin story of mankind? How we came to be? And I believe the answer to that question answers an even bigger question. And that is, what is the purpose of our existence? Maya Angelou once said, I have great respect for the past. If you don't know where you've come from, then you don't know where you are. And if you don't know where you are, you don't know where you are going. See, to, to understand where we came from is to understand who we are. And to understand who we are is to understand why we think, act, feel the way we do. And when we really understand who we are, then we know how to move forward. And right now as I reflect on our church as I reflect and on, on my own personal life, uh, I see that the world is changing. There's a cultural shift that's happening and there's a turning point in our world. And the church is really front and center. Disciples are front and center. And, and the church and, and disciples are being attacked by Satan. They're being attacked by sin and, and, and really the philosophies of this world. And at the same time, the church is, is trying to navigate where we stand or how do we address certain issues and, and asking the question of uh, how to address certain issues but at the same time not conform to the world how much or how little should we talk about the turning point of our world but still hold on to God's truths and I believe to answer these questions we need to go back to kingdom beginnings and really understand when God created the world when God created the church and his kingdom what was the heart behind it what was the purpose of his kingdom because if we understand that we'll understand how to go from here as disciples and we really see God's heart and intentionality all the way back in Genesis chapter 1 in verse 1 it says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the water. And God said, let there be light. 
and there was light. Genesis describes this, this picture of a formless earth that is empty, full of darkness, and God's Spirit hovers over the water, over the darkness and chaos. And the first thing He does is He brings light. And right, that right there, we see God's purpose and heart into, in creation. And that is to bring light into chaos and darkness. There are multiple places in the Bible where, where it describes God's Spirit as life-giving. And that is to take chaos, emptiness, and breathe in life and hope. So my first point for today is light over darkness. And talking about darkness and chaos, when I was a, when I was a senior in, in high school, I wanted a dog so badly. I want to get a husky and a Siberian husky. And I, I asked my dad, I want to get a dog. And he said, um, if you get a dog, it's your responsibility. You got to feed it. You got to uh, walk it. You got to pick up after it. You got to, it's your responsibility. The minute you neglect the dog, the dog is out. And at that time, my, my dad was really taking good care of our backyard. He had tomatoes growing. He had bell peppers growing, uh, some broccolis, uh, we had beautiful cherry trees, lemon trees, peach trees, and uh, my senior year, uh, which back home is an important year. Colleges, you decide where to go to college based on your senior year. I was swamped. I was so busy. I neglected my dog. And the dog just completely destroyed that backyard. I mean, tomatoes was on the wall. The barks of trees were all chewed up. We had... Uh, a rosemary bush that dog kept running through it and completely destroyed that bush. And my dad came to me and said, that dog needs to get out. We are done here. You can't have that dog. You've neglected that dog. You know, as silly as this story is, uh, my dad was trying to restore the garden. And he had to take out uh, that, that dog to be able to restore it. And God does the same thing in our lives. In the way that He brings in light, He takes out the darkness and removes the darkness that is in the world. And He brings in light in our, in our lives by taking out darkness in our life. I'll have Miranda share some thoughts. Yeah, speaking of darkness, I feel like for me the last seven months have been full of different moments of darkness. And, and more than anything, I think I've just been so much more aware of the darkness. And I think a lot of you can relate to the moment things feel secure or normal or you get hopeful, it seems like something else occurs mm -hmm. that kind of reminds us of, wow, this world is not in a good place. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and, and list all of these things, but what the effect has been in my own heart has been that I have just felt overwhelmed and heavy-hearted this half of a year, more than half of a year. And I've had even days where I wake up and just feel like I want to stay in bed. I don't want to get out and try and and give or love or even do the basic things because I'm just so crippled by all that I'm so aware of and the darkness that just seems so prevalent. And I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but um, it's just been challenging to navigate. And I think um, just being able to, again, those effects have really stuck with me, not knowing what to do at the beginning of this pandemic when people were so crippled with fear, um, when loved ones and family members, and it was legitimate fear 
but it was just still, how do we yeah. handle this? How do we love one another despite uh, being fear? It made me really sad. And just hearing my country mourn and cry out about injustice really opened my eyes, but it broke my heart in a lot of ways, wondering what's the solution yeah. to all of this? And connecting with those who are physically hurting right now, it has shown me that the world is really lacking compassion and that I have to kind of change my own heart to be much more compassionate right now. Um, but I think in all of those moments in these different times of, of learning, I've, it's, I've gotten to a point where I've just wondered, God, where are you in all of this? What are you doing in all of these moments? And like I said before, it just feels like the moment I understand is the moment something else happens and I go, I don't get it anymore. God, what is happening? And I've had to really search in my own quiet moments of my heart with God and, and hold on to the fact that while God is really good still, he's good and he is a good God. Without God, this world is chaotic and incomprehensible. Without God, all that I have felt can, can really, it is darkness, but yet the, at the same time when I can take those feelings and I can bring them to God, they don't necessarily go away, it's not completely solved, but that darkness of overwhelmment goes away when God's light is brought into the picture. Um, as I process and I contemplate, I go, wow, okay, these are sins and this is darkness. And yet who God is reminds me of there are victories, there is still good. And God is not changed by this darkness, but really he's the solution to these different dark moments. And so that's helped my heart. Again, I don't feel like it's just fix all the world's problems, but in my own walk with God, I've had to take this darkness and bring it to him and see how he restores it to light. Amen. You know what I love about Miranda sharing is so this understanding of um, that the world without Christ is a world that is hurting. The world without Christ's light is a dark world. And this idea of how darkness is, is in itself is not a matter, is not a thing. Darkness happens and forms in the absence of light. And in the same way in my life, I, I realize when I'm not in my word, I realize when God's light is not in me, and I'm not considerate of God in my life, sin starts to seep in. And I get prideful, I get arrogant, and, and I need God's light in me to take out the darkness. The same thing in the world. The world right now needs God's light. 1 Peter 2, verse 9, God reminds us of who we are with Him. God reminds us of what the world could be and what the church is in His light. And it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession that you might proclaim the excellence of Him. Why would I proclaim the excellence of Him? Because He called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You know, I love this passage because it reminds me of when I studied the Bible. It also reminds me of who I am with Christ. He brought me out of darkness and turned me into part of His chosen uh, race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, Someone after that, I'm his own possession. That same way, when when the church studies the Bible with someone, or when you study the Bible with someone, what we do is we put God's word in there. We put light 
in his life to drive out darkness. And whatever light is in there, we elevate it to take over the darkness. And, and we need to understand that darkness cannot drive out darkness. Light can, can only do that. Anger and hate cannot drive out anger and hate. Love, faith, patience can do that. You know, I remember when I was uh, in, in college, I was a waiter, and I worked with a waiter, waitress that identified as homosexual. And, and I remember we started having conversations. I, I shared a few scriptures, and I, I told her what I think. And, and then at the end of our conversation, uh, she said something that kind of caught me off guard and said, you know, I've been to a lot of churches, and every time I've been hurt uh, by the church or by the people that's, that's in the church, and, and I leave, and I don't want to come back. And, um, and I remember just asking her, uh, do you, did you feel that with me? And um, she said, yeah, a little bit. And I, and I said in my pride, and I, I think of that, and I remember uh, that moment, and I said, well, I, honestly, I'm just saying it the way it is. And I said that, and I knew immediately that was not good. And I, today I think, man, what if I represented God's light in that moment? What if I... Uh, showed her God's light in that moment. Instead of showing her my pride, my arrogance, instead of me relying on what I think is best or, or the way I said it is the way it should be or whatever it was, what if I represented God's light in her life in that moment? I think it would have been a completely different outcome. You know, as disciples, as, as a church, our purpose needs to be similar of that of God. And that is to bring light into darkness. As you think of your own life, have you fought darkness with light? When approached with grief, do you respond with hope? When approached with sadness, do you respond and answer with faith? Now there's darkness that encircles us all. It encircles uh, me personally, encircles the church. But we not we got to understand that God's light is so much stronger than any darkness we face in the world. It is so much stronger than any sin that you feel so stuck in. It is so stronger than greed, pride, arrogance, impurity. God's light can take us out of darkness and turn us into His holy nation, a royal priesthood, and His own possession. You know, that brings me to the second point, and that is we are co-rulers with Christ. The truth is, the Bible tells us we meant to co-rule with Christ. By the sixth day of creation in Genesis, God tops off His grand creation project by singling out human beings to be in His image. The word image comes uh, in, in Hebrew, uh, it's, it means selim. And that word carries the idea of being the representative of something. And in the ancient world, the phrase image of God also carries the connotation of kingship. It was kings who were in the image of God back in the day, mean, meaning they were direct representative of God's will and His rule. And I always thought, looking at the passage of, of we are in the image of God, I always thought it means we, are, we have qualities that, that, that God also has. And, and even though that is... Cool, and it could be, and it is true in a lot of ways. The truth is, being in the image of God holds more responsibility than we think. 
And, and that's the shocking revelation in Genesis 1, that all humans were tasked with this privilege of kingship, that we as humans, as, as the creation, we, be, we get to be with the Creator and co-rule with Him, that we are image bearer, bearers with God, that we represent the character and the light of God. And um, before I really understood that, I used to look at Adam and Eve and think, uh, God asked them to name all the animals because uh, they were just playing house. So they just had all the time in the world in heaven. And, and they just needed to, I don't know, waste time. But really, what they were doing is they were co-ruling with God. You see in Genesis that God walked with them in the garden. Uh, he communicated, talked with them. Uh, Adam and Eve heard uh, God's footsteps. They lived and ruled with God. And it's so powerful to think that God wants to co-rule with us. That He wants us to be representative of that light that we talked about. Yeah. And I think when, when uh, uh, Miranda and I first went to the youth and family with the Lamoas and the Alices, uh, we felt like there's a culture in the youth and family where it just felt extremely distant, one, from the church, and, and two, from God. And there's a sense of, uh, the church is this bunch of rules, and we have to live under God. And, and, and there's things that you can do, and there's things that you can't do. And uh, we felt like we need to break, break that barrier. We want to show that you can live with God, and not necessarily under God. And so we came up with this idea at the time. The, the building was still a warehouse, and there's this huge wall that we, that, that, that we were going to completely break down that Saturday. Now on Friday, we had this idea of, of doing a graffiti night inside the building and completely just uh, just draw art all over, that, all over that wall. And I remember the teens came in, they, they had no idea what we were doing, and, uh, and we opened the doors and gave them uh, paint, spray paints and told them, go crazy on that wall. And they just stopped, and they felt like, is this even okay? Like, is this even, are we breaking a law or are we breaking a rule that the church had? How can we worship and paint and graffiti on that same building? Yeah. And it was this realization of, wow, we can, we can live with God. Yeah. Our lives doesn't have to start and stop on Sunday mornings. Our lives continue, God continues with us throughout the week. God continues through, throughout our lives. We can live with God. A lot of times we feel like we have to live under God. A lot of times we feel like we have to live for God. Reality is God wants to live with us. God wants us to co-rule with Him. Now we need to understand that co-ruling with God means using God's wisdom and standard of living, not ours. Sometimes we rely on our own wisdom. I rely on my own understanding. And I think that God's promises needs to be shown and implemented my life in a certain way, or the church needs to do this or do that. But really co-ruling with God is living under God's light, using God's light and His wisdom to co-rule what is around us and live with God. And that is what happens with Adam and Eve. The moment they no longer co-ruled with God, they lost that privilege. And since then, God tries to bring back that that, that our position to bring us back in our kingship with God, to co-rule with Him. And so the entire Bible, the Bible talks about how the kingdom of God is near. Yeah. And, 
And in and, and Luke 17, the Pharisees approach Jesus and, and they ask him, will we see the kingdom of God? And he implies, uh, saying the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is. Because the kingdom of God is in your midst. In other translations, it says, it is within you. The kingdom of God is me. The kingdom of God is you. The kingdom of God is Miranda. It is the church. The purpose is to co-rule and represent God by bringing light into a broken, lost world. So my question to you is, if we co-rule with Christ, why do we sometimes hold on to our worldly desires, or maybe pride, or maybe our wisdom, when our place, our position is to co-rule with our Creator? We hold on to worldly things. We hold on to maybe our political party. And, and that becomes our identity when we belong to Christ. When our identity is, our, is a kingship with God. We co-rule with God. You know, I love how God, uh, at the very end of every day in Genesis, He looks at His creation and says, It is good. And I believe because every day... He brings a little light to a chaotic world. And I want to ask, by the end of your day, if you sit in your couch and just watch a film of your day, could you say, it is good? If you look in your marriage, if you look at your relationship with your kids, could you say, it is good? If you look at your, your work, your career, if you look at your social media feed, could you look at it and say, it is good? Because it represents God's light. And, and it's not good because we've never sinned or we, we have never fallen or, or because we're under some kind of rule. or No, no, yeah. because we fight. We represent God's light during this time. I'm going to have Miranda share last thoughts before we pray for communion. Yeah, I just, I'm going to share, I think that throughout most of my Christianity, I've misunderstood this idea of what it means to live my life with God. I think as a young girl, when I was pursuing, um, following God, I thought that God was going to just fix all my problems. And I'd seen my family go through hardship and I'd seen what I felt like was darkness and I just, I didn't want that. And I had seen how impurity and deceit and selfish ambition had gotten me to a place where I felt like my life was not pleasing to God. But I think at that age, I, as a young girl, I thought, well, if I follow God and I do this Christian thing, I will just have a perfect life. And I can avoid darkness. I can avoid hurt. I can avoid pain. Versus really understanding that was not God's plan just to give everything to me. My life wasn't going to be a relationship from God. And I think as I fell in love with God, I wanted to give my life to Him. And I wanted to just do everything for God. I wanted to uh, not pursue a career because I just wanted to help people learn about Jesus. I wanted to travel the world and yeah. show people God. And I thought giving up everything was the right thing to do. And just living my life for God is how I ought to live. But I think as I have grown and even just as Fatty sharing, I think I'm starting to see my life is meant to be lived with God. And I find it beautiful that God walked with Adam and Eve, that he created this world so that he could be with his creation. 
and I'm just sad that I misunderstood that for so many years. And um, I love that at the beginning of the Bible, God wants to be with his creation, and then at the end, it's also highlighted, and all the way throughout, but I just love that the bookends are come and be with me, be with God. In Revelation 21, starting in verse 2, it says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And as I read that scripture, I just think it's amazing how God wants to connect with me. He wants to connect with each and every one of us in a unique and intimate way. And after all that's happened on this planet, when he decides to return, he wants to establish his kingdom with us still, despite all of this mayhem. And his desire is to spend eternity with us, among us, and co-rule with us. And when I reflect on that, I realize that a life life as a Christian, as a disciple, isn't about all that I can get from God. It's not that I can, it's not even about all that I can do for God. It's a life devoted to being with him. And and that's the entire purpose of Jesus' death on the cross. It's that we get an opportunity to live with God. And so just as you reflect and prepare for your week to come, think about what it means to live with God, to be his co-ruler, and to bring light into this world of darkness. Amen, guys. Um, let us remember to bring light into darkness. That is that is the kingdom beginnings. Mm-hmm. That is the purpose of God, that we fell short, but yet we, we, we get to uh, be co-rulers. We get to be uh, in his kingship and, and bring light to this world. So let us not hold on to worldly possessions or worldly desires because our place is with God and co-ruling with God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, um, I am extremely grateful uh, for uh, such blessing, God, for your immense love that you would send your son on the cross uh, to try and mend a relationship uh, between you and, and man. Uh, try and mend that relationship and bring us back uh, to live with you, to co-rule with you, God. And a lot of times uh, we are we are attracted to darkness instead we are instead of being attracted to the light that you give. And I really pray that we can hold on to your light, that we allow light to uh, take out darkness, that we are representative of your light during this time when people feel scared, when people feel hurt. Uh, when people feel angry and, and upset, when there is sin in our lives, that we allow the light uh, to take out and, and whatever that needs to be uh, addressed, whatever needs to be uh, taken out. And I really pray that uh, during this time we can reflect uh, on your goodness and reflect on your light in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.